0: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Bottle Buddy Podcast. I'm really excited to be live again this week. Had a pre-recorded release last week. You are going to love this guest today. This guy is, is the man, the myth, and the legend. If you are circulating on Facebook World or Clubhouse and, and you're in the Veterans, uh, Veterans Network or the Vetchpreneur Tribe, any of those groups, you're going to recognize this guy immediately. Uh, I got Mitch, uh, Richard Kaufman here with me today, and we're going to talk uh, about a lot of the things he's got going on, including his new podcast, uh, Vertical Momentum. So without further ado, let's uh, get to the intro and get to the great conversation. Welcome to the Battle Buddy Podcast with Keith McKeever. Hey, Richard. What's up? What's up? Hey, just another day in paradise. Living the dream, baby. I I love the shirt and the hat. I know where you got the hat, but I'm loving the purple Batman shirt.
1: But now, before we get off today, you have to ask me, why do I have to wear a hat? And it's not because I'm going, but there's a reason why. I we have We have different problems. <laughs> so definitely ask me that question. Okay,
0: so, absolutely. So, yeah. So why the heck? How about that? All right. We'll start off
1: with that. Um, about five years ago when I started to um, try to help veterans that were struggling with PTSD, uh, traumatic brain injuries, depression, and stuff like that, me and my wife went to go see the movie American Sniper. And I got so emotional afterwards that when I got home, I got in touch with his wife and the family. And I told him that from now on, um, any show that I go on, even if it's live on stage or podcast, I'll wear a hat in honor of Chris, Chris Kyle, uh, just to let him know, you know, let people know that there are people like Chris that are willing to up to lose their lives to help let you know that you're not alone and Chris Chris actually got killed trying to help somebody else with PTSD. So that's the reason why I wear it to honor Chris, but also to let people know that there are people out there like me and you to let people know that they're not alone and they don't have they're not struggling through this alone and that we got their six. So that's why I wear a hat. And I've actually been invited on a top 5 podcast in the world and I said I couldn't wear it and I told him I and I did not go on it so I canceled it.
0: Wow. You know I I knew Chris Kyle's story, but I didn't know your connection to that story. So that is that is something else, Richard. And you were always a man of many surprises. <laughs> you you're something else. Like I said in the intro, the man that met the legend. No, um, there's
1: no legend here.
0: Oh yeah, you're 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 getting there, man. You got a great podcast. But before we get started on that, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your story, your you know, growing up, your military journey, you know, all that stuff. All right. Get a little back background.
1: I'll give you a quick down and dirty. And then uh, talk about whatever you want to talk about. I'm an open book. There is, I got no shame in my game. So whatever you want to talk about. I grew up very poor. Mother was an addict. Um, I moved moved around a lot, uh, 13 times before high school. My story sounds a lot like Robert Garcia or one of our friends. Um, And I had my first drop of alcohol at age 12. By age 13, I was a full-blown alcoholic. Dropped out of high school, joined the military at 17. Um, then I got in the military and I became a drug addict and an alcoholic. Um, and after two and a half years, Uncle Sam decided he didn't want me as his nephew anymore and he booted my ass out. So I get home, um, tried to go home to live with mom and dad, but just didn't work out, you know. Going from partying all over the world to having to go to bed at ten o'clock because my parents have to get up at five o'clock <laughs> didn't exactly gel. And uh, and I totally understand where they came from. So they booted my ass out. And you starting to see a little, a little, little thing going. on A little up. bit
0: of a trend there, yeah. Um, I mean, nothing like the- living with your parents to cramp your style, though.
1: I'm the only person that you're ever going to meet that I was so bad that they actually threw me out of a crack house that's how bad my, my attitude was. Um, eventually I, you know, my mom let me back in the house cause I promised her I'd go back to school. I went back to school to be a bartender, which wasn't smart as an alcoholic. Uh, I, I did great. <laughs> I passed all the tests and, um, I, um, January 1st, 1980, I got offered a bartend at a fr- at a friend's bar. He was a police officer here in New Jersey, um, so I took the job. Everything was going great. Everything was going well, and um, drinks are flowing. Everything's going great. Eight hours later, I hear a knock at the door. It was him and five of his buddies coming to lock me up because I passed out and blacked out, and I robbed the place. And uh, I was looking at five years grant larceny but my parents and my aunt and uncle came up with the belt he said i'll give you 24 hours you got to come up with my money and you have to go to your first aa meeting and you have to go hit 90 aa meetings in a row came up with the money um, parents lend it, lend it to me i paid it all back um and i hit something like 300 AA meetings in a row and i haven't had a drink since january 2nd 1989 Now, after that, I got sober. I got stupid again and decided to join the military again. Um, And I did join. I joined the National Guard, got back in, which was a whole song and dance. Um, I still had a lot of problems. I got busted a lot, a lot, a lot. I've been like E-4 to E-1 like five, six times. And uh, I joined the South Carolina National Guard. And, you know, being from Jersey and then having a smart mouth and Having an attitude, uh, they didn't take kindly to me, and <laughs> being a screw up didn't uh, exactly ingratiate me to everybody. So um, I got busted again in South Carolina, and they were due to throw me out for a second time on uh, the end of September of two thousand and one. But uh, September eleventh, um, as you guys know, if you guys are if you guys know me at all. I'm from New Jersey and where I'm sitting right now where I'm overlooking where the twin towers once stood. So, uh, you know, growing up here, we knew people that perished in the towers that day. And now I I want you to picture this Keith. I'm sitting down on my couch. Cause you know, after the first plane hit, you know, everybody was, uh, it was all live. You know, there was no uh, editing and there were people jumping out of buildings and you could see hitting the ground. And here I am, all, I'm looking at the TV here, and all my TA-50s on the right-hand side, because I got to turn it in because I'm being thrown out again of the military for a second time. And, uh, you know, then they sh- Then they panned to people, them pulling bodies out of the Pentagon. And something broke in me, and I became a, a broken man. I actually, something just, dest- it destroyed me. And uh, I actually cried out, it's in my book I, that I wrote. Um, I actually cried out to God. I said, Lord, I don't think they're going to give me a second chance, third chance in the military, but if they give me another chance, please let them keep me so I can help people that can't, that cannot help themselves. And I dedicated the rest of my life to helping people that can't help themselves. Now I called my company commander and I called my first sergeant. We're, we're still friends, with my company commander right now, I'm at 20 something years later. And they, and they seen something different in me. Uh, So they decided to keep me, thank God. Um, And within four years, I became Soldier of the Year. And I became a non-commissioned officer. And uh, I ended up with over 23 years between National Guard and regular Army time. But um, that's the last part of my story is, I said, I don't know how deep you want to go. And I hope I'm not talking too much. I apologize. No, no,
0: you're fine. Keep Um, going.
1: But, uh, as you guys, if you guys know anything about me, you got, you know, I'm I'm blind and I got to use a Mr. Magoo glass in order to read uh, anything. What happened was I moved to New Jersey national guard and, um, a vehicle broke down on the highway and, um, in order for me to recover that vehicle, um, I had to back it up. Now, as you guys know, whenever you're in a Humvee, you keep your Kevlar on, but usually when you step out of the cover, you take off your soft cap, you put on your soft cap, you take off your Kevlar, put it on your your belt.
0: Nine times out of ten.
1: Uh, but the tenth time, I kept it on. It was a God thing. Because now this is a brand new private first drill with us. Um, instead of him hitting the brakes, he hit the gas and ran over the whole right side of my body and ran over my head. And that's when I had a ocular stroke. And that's what caused me to be blind in my left eye. So now, you know, of course, the Army, you can't see, you can't shoot. So uh, they decided to medically discharge me. And it took about a year and a half. I guess they called Warrior Transition Unit, something like that. But um, as I was there, you know, in, in there, I started reading books and about you know, social media, you know, just Gary V and stuff like that. So um you now this is I'm sorry guys, but I get emotional whenever I talk about this. If you guys watch my video for today, I decide it's the whole reason that I do everything that, that I do today. Um I decided to kill myself on, on Memorial Day. It's coming up just the anniversary. Because here I am, you know, I screwed up so much in the past. And when I got the second chance that, you know, God gave me and, and the military gave me, I did everything I could to be the, the ultimate soldier. I went to every class. I went to every school, whatever they wanted. I did. You know, I got there two or two hours early, stayed two hours late. I was the pecker checker. I did the piss test. I did whatever they wanted me to do.
0: <laughs> well, we need to back up to that. No, just kidding. <laughs> We're not backing up to that.
1: <laughs> but, you know, so whatever they wanted me to do, you know, to be the ultimate soldier, it's what I did. And then the day when they they said, Sergeant Kaufman, you're no longer uh, a member of the United States military. You're retired. And I had to hand them over my I.D. It totally destroyed me. And uh, I bought a brand new truck like the week or month before. So I got out in my truck and uh, I decided, um, you know, I'm going to kill myself. I said, I, I can't take it because I don't know who I am. You know, I was just Sergeant Kaufman for 23 years. And now I'm PFC, nobody, private, frigging civilian, nobody. And uh, so I decided to call my wife. Um, and I called her because uh, I knew I was never going to talk to her. again. And because uh, uh, we we're supposed to be take the kids down to the shore and everything. And in New Jersey, I don't know if you guys ever been on the highways. We're nothing but highways here. And there's always concrete barriers. So I decided I was going to get in my new truck and get up to hundred miles an hour and, uh, put it on cruise control and turn the radio on and just close my eyes. And, uh, eventually I was going to, you know, I was going to be dead. So I did that. I got, you know, I got up to hundred miles an hour. I, uh, I turned the radio on and I feel the truck swerving, starting to move, turn the radio up and, uh, Uh, a song called, uh, I saw God today came on and, uh, it talks about a man and his little girl and I had a newborn baby at home. And, uh, I decided that moment that I didn't want to die. I wanted to be a daddy, and I wanted to be a husband. So I yanked, you know, I yanked the steering wheel and, uh, Got back right and pulled over and called my wife. Said I'll be there in a little while. Uh, I, got, I got to my wife and I, you know, she still doesn't know what happens to this day. You know, she, you know, even though it's in the book and all this, she still doesn't know that she almost lost her father, three children that day. And I got to her and I said, "Honey, I need help, or else I'm going to kill myself, or I'm going to eat my gun." So when I got back Monday um, after Memorial Day, they uh, called the VA. And uh, they set me up with a, with a, a doctor, a psychologist. Uh, I've been seeing, seeing her for the last 11 years now. So, so this is the funny part. Um, I'm talking to my wife and I said, and I said, you know, I'm, I'm done with the appointment. The appointment went well. And I'm like, honey, you're not going to believe this. She's like, what? She's like, you're not going to guess what my doctor's name is. And she said, oh. her name was Dr. Seuss. It's not all <laughs> well the same, but it's Dr. S-O-O-S. And she's been my therapist ever since. And that from that day on is when I started to try to um, help other people that were struggling with the same things I was. And then, you know, from there on, you know, I started hearing this name, Gary V, Gary V, Gary V. Now I'm in Jersey. So, my you know, sometimes my wife says my balls are bigger than my brains. So I just called up <laughs> his father's liquor store. I'm like, hey, when's Gary going to be there? He's like, he's going to be here Wednesday. I'm like, all right, I'll be there. So I just went to his father's liquor store and got a chance to meet up and hang out with Gary V. And he's the one that really, really got this thing going with the whole comeback coach and everything like that. So without you know without his guidance, I wouldn't have a podcast. I wouldn't have my book just hit number one last week. I wouldn't have any of this stuff if it wasn't for Gary V. And I got to give a shout out to a guy named Donnie Boyman, Success Champions Podcast, because he's the first one that ever had me on his show, so I just want to say that. So, what? That's my quick down and dirty.
0: Yeah. No, you know uh,
1: what? Talking, you got to go.
0: <laughs> there's a there's a few uh, few things to talk about in there. For those that are still serving in the military, do whatever you can to get out of uh, you know, your analysis duty. That's that's not fun. I had to do that a couple of times, and talk about the most. Uh, well, you know, I'm, I'm sh- everybody had to go pee at some point in time. Don't be the NCO that end up having to go be the, the P checker. That's bad duty right there. <laughs> it's weird because here I
1: was, a recover, you know, one time being afraid of the, having to take it. <laughs> now I'm the guy that giving it. But it was just, you know, another another course they asked me to take. So I'm like, wait a minute. So I can go there for six weeks and take a course? Okay.
0: Wow. <laughs> I, I didn't know there was a course in that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there was a course on that, and then they said, "You want to be a combat lifesaver?" I'm like, "Sure, whatever." Send me. Yeah, why room. not?
0: Yeah, sure. Yeah, might as well do something. It, it beats some of the alternatives and work, right?
1: Yeah, and I reclassed three different times just to because they wanted to send me to school.
0: So you spent a lot of time in the urinalysis. analysis. Uh, you know, that's. Uh, I think I was only there twice that I got tasked for it, and it was like an afternoon kind of thing. And uh, I was the I was the NCO that would stand by the door and be like. Just pee. Just do your thing. I don't want to see it. I'm in the room. I meet the minimum requirements <laughs> for, for being the pee checker. Uh, but, man, I, I got piss tested. Like, I lost I lost count 15, 16 times in, in a little over five years. And uh, I really hated it when you'd have that guy that would be, like, all over your shoulder. You'd be like, dude, dude we, we, done, we finished doing the nut-to-butt thing when we were in basic training standing in formation. You only got to be that close to me. <laughs> Yeah, your head don't need to be over my shoulder, like I wasn't
1: that guy. I'm like, listen, (laughs) just just go.
0: Yeah, don't be that guy, because that guy is weird and creepy. Yeah, and uh, I never thought I'd get creeped out by another guy, but it happened a few times. But (laughs) funny, funny story on my own story on that. I was down in Ecuador on a TUI for six months. Thirteen person team goes down there. We all come back, and thirteen of us plus our our uh, squadron Commander all got random urinalysis tests within a week of being back from South America. I always looked at that like, that was random, huh? We were all down in South America. Then we all got randomly tested, huh? How ironic. But uh, <laughs> um, another thing to, to, to point out there is Gary Vaynerchuk, man. I've been following him for a long time, probably not as long as you. I got a couple of his books. Uh, and I actually got a chance to meet him myself three years ago in Las Vegas at the Remax convention. They have their annual convention there. And he was a speaker and my wife and I are walking around Vegas. We don't really gamble. We don't really drink much. So we're just like walking through one of the hotels. I couldn't even tell you what it is. Cause I've been to Vegas once and probably don't know if I'll ever go back, but we're walking through and I noticed this cameraman D rock. And I'm like, that's, And then right around the corner comes Gary. And I'm like looking around. There's nobody. This is like 10 o'clock at night, which you would think there'd be a lot of people in the the casino, but there was nobody. And he was nice enough to take a picture with us real, real briefly. But, um,
1: and you know, his books really changed my life. Uh, one was the thank you economy. Great book. And the second one was, you know, jab, 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 right hook.
0: I must admit, I have not read that one yet. It's on my bookshelf.
1: (laughs) It's great. And because, you know, like for me, the reason why I think I'm starting to grow a little bit is um, Gary says, you know, if you promote your friends 10 times more than you promote yourself, you'll never have to promote yourself again. So that's why if I ever even do a put a post out, it's always including somebody else where it's never about me. It's always about somebody else. And I guess, you know, that's one thing that changed my life and my business was always to give, 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 and then ask once in a while.
0: Yeah, you know The thing that really stuck with me about all the things, because I, I had the audiobook crush it, and I've got a couple of his books over here. I just haven't made it all the way through them, but I used to watch a lot of his videos, YouTube uh, YouTube and Instagram mostly. Uh, haven't really caught much of his lately, but just leading with value is something that really hit me because he said somewhere once, like, yeah, well, you might as well give all the answers. You, you might as well. Help, like it just gives so much value, and there's a lot of people in the entrepreneur space that are like, "Whoa, pump the brakes! Why are you giving all that information?" But if you listen to Gary, he says, "You know, who cares? Ninety-five percent or whatever his statistic is of people aren't going to do anything with it. Yeah, they're not going to do anything. You're just giving them the advice. They're not going to do anything with it. Those three percent that do, so be it. You've helped <laughs> them out. <laughs> you've you've led with value. It makes you know." It, so that's that's the the lesson I really got from Gary, but uh, but that that that's a good uh, segue into your uh, into your current endeavor uh, because you talk a lot about you, you've talked a lot in the past about entrepreneurship and mental health and substance abuse and all that stuff. Um, your your new podcast, is Vertical Momentum. Go ahead and yeah. tell us a little bit about that and, and what you're I, talking about on there.
1: Well, f- for anybody that knows me, um, knows that I'm a big one of my main mentors is a gentleman named Ed Milet, and uh, and he's also a, a good Christian man, besides being successful, and um, and I just wanted to, you know, because when I became blind, I had a podcast called Success: Your Why Powers Your How, and how that started out is I just started. I was with GNC for thirty years, um, so I just um, started. Um, talking about different products that I was using, and different, you know, just doing reviews and stuff. But then when I became l- blind uh, last January 30th, my birthday, um, totally, well, not 80% blind, but de- I got into a deep dark depression. But because of some of my friends, I call them my amigos, you know, Dudek, Tammy Moses, Kurt Ballish, Daniel Curry. They kind of brought me back and um, from the brinks. And they're like, hey, you know, what are you doing with that podcast? And then I started thinking about it. So then I I started asking people that have worse situations than me to come on the show. You know, I've had people that had all four of their limbs blown off. But they're skiing in Aspen with their family. So, you know, I'm like, wait a minute. You got no legs, and no arms, but you're skiing in Aspen. And I'm complaining about this. You know, there's an old saying that the man with no shoes can't complain to the man with no feet. So I just started doing that. And then I just started branching out and getting better and better guests, bigger guests. And now it's just become uh, we're the number eight veteran owned podcast in the world. Uh, And it's all because of the guests. It's got nothing to do with me because my video, my whole thing is 100 percent live. There's no editing whatsoever. So it is what it is. If you say something stupid, it's not then he edited it out. But the good thing is, it's like you know me and you just having a cup of coffee together, just sitting here BSing. So I think that somebody gave me the biggest compliment. They call me the Joe Rogan of GI Joe, and that was like the biggest compliment that I ever got. So
0: you that's know, an it's interesting, just, one a good one.
1: <laughs> so it's just a way, another way of me to give back because you know, like I've interviewed a lot of females that are dealing with military sexual trauma and stuff like that. And, and I deal with a lot of, you know, post post post-traumatic stress, stuff like that. They're not sexy subjects, but they need to be talked about. So I guess that's what makes me different than a lot of podcasts. But then I've also had athletes on, I've actually had authors, um, a couple of nine figure earners. So it's kind of, it runs the gamut of, uh, like today, I I uh, interview had released an interview with with, doc, with Dr. Uh, Shauna Springer talking about post traumatic growth instead of post traumatic stress. And then tomorrow, I got an interview coming out with his name is Maxwell Ivy. He's the blind blogger, and he's blind, but he's he has his own popular podcast, books, and he travels all the world around the world speaking on stages. So it depends on what you don't know what you're going to get from from day to day.
0: <laughs> yeah, you you've had some you've had some great guests and and to be honest, Richard, I uh, I am really honestly glad to have you on this podcast because we're talking about some of the same things, different guests, so some of the same guests, um, but these topics, like you said, aren't sexy. That's it's not sexy or you know fun to watch stories about military sexual trauma, PTSD, substance abuse, suicide. I mean, but they need to be talked about because I think for a really, really long time, they weren't talked about whether maybe it just wasn't social media, just wasn't fitting for that, you know, just had to catch to the right video and podcast age maybe that we're in now. Um, But it's gotta be talked about because
1: if you guys are watching this, Stop that 22 push ups a day. It's bullshit. Stop it. Pick up your phone, text, call somebody, call 22 people a day, text 22 people a day, message 22 people a day. Your push ups don't do shit. So stop.
0: I could not agree more. I do. You walked right into a question that I was going to ask on that. So I think one thing that maybe that has helped a little bit with is bring some awareness to veteran suicide. It doesn't stop it. It doesn't fix it. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything but bring a little bit of awareness. Um, but because of social media and people like yourself out there talking about these things, do you think we're on the verge of making any actual changes? You know, like any actual impact on, on, on fixing this, or altering the course of these numbers? I we don't see 22 today.
1: And, um, You know, I sometimes have that same question, you know, but then I think back to the day, you know, when I first started doing my Facebook lives, I have a Facebook live show I do every Monday night called the Monday night comeback. And a gentleman said that he, he racked, he had his 45 out. He racked it, um, was just about to, uh, pull the trigger when he got a notification that I was going live and we were talking about addiction and uh suicide. So he, he re-racked it, you know, and then he called 911 right there and checked himself into wow. uh so you know there's a little story. I hope you got hope you have a second if you don't mind. Oh, absolutely t- go ahead. Um there's a little boy walking on the beach and there's a little old man. He's walking down the beach and he sees his little boy and he's picking up these crabs and he's flipping them back in the ocean. And there's millions of them. And the the old man walks up to the little boy, you know, old man says, what are you doing? You're wasting your time. And the little boy had a tear in his eye. He looked up at the old man. He says, I can't save all of them. But you see this one? I saved him and I changed his world. So we might not be able to save everybody. But if we can just save one, then we change the world.
0: Yeah, I mean, if you look at the numbers over time, if if we change that narrative to 21 or 20, those numbers add up a lot over time. And uh, that, I think that's a really good point there that while we'd like that number to be zero, in all reality, it's never going to be zero. We deal with this too much stuff. There's too many people, too many issues. Um, we're always going to lose somebody every day. If we could just get that number drastically lower, save lives, turn turn things around. That's why I call my podcast the Battle Buddy Podcast. I know if people have listened to me for a while, they've they've heard it because I I realized on Facebook groups, and I know you've seen the same thing. People are dealing with a ton of problems. They're financial problems, divorce, PTSD, substance abuse, uh, you know, suicidal ideations, military sexual trauma, all kinds of different things. And I realized, you know, a lot of them are just reaching out for somebody. And I realized, okay, if I can talk about it, maybe somebody can take something that's actionable and turn their life around in some way, shape, or form. Whether that's financially, maybe they take some advice on, uh, you know, my second episode was about credit. Maybe, maybe there's, it's a financial stress, and they can take that and say, okay, I'm gonna fix my credit. I'm gonna go buy that house. I'm gonna get my get my finances straight. Or, like you said, maybe they take the gun out of their mouth.
1: And you know, um, if you don't mind me saying, but you know, I was listening to Gary. You know, one of Gary's uh, Episodes recently, and he said the top two social media platforms in the next two years are Clubhouse and TikTok. And guys, if you're not on either one of those, you're losing money. And the reason why I'm on TikTok is because I found out through somebody I interviewed that, on average, between the ages of eight to 18, 5,000 kids attempt suicide every day in the United States. So imagine if our kids are struggling with this stuff and now we have our, their parents struggling with stuff. So if we can get the, to the younger kids saying that's, you know, it's okay not to, it's okay not to be okay. That's why I'm, I'm all over TikTok and clubhouse now to, you know, maybe we can start changing, changing the narrative from teenagers all the way up to adulthood.
0: Yeah. That, I think that would be huge because there's a stigma of, about mental health. I mean, I heard it when I was in, when I got back from my first deployment, they flat out said, don't go to mental health. You go to mental health, uh, I was security forces, so carrying a gun every day, being on post, guarding the base, they're like, you go to mental health, they're taking your gun. They take your gun, your career is done. You're yeah. out. It's it's over. And so I don't know, you just find some ways to kind of adapt and say, okay, well, I can't do that. And it takes, uh, and I was not I was not able to do it at that time, but it takes a, a heck of a lot of strength to kind of talk about your struggles and what you're going through, the things you've seen, the things you did, the, the witness, whatever, um, you know, even moral injuries doing something that's not really inherently bad, but it's just each at the core of who you are. Like that's, that's hard. And if you're not talking to your battle buddies about it, and you're not talking to mental health. All you're doing is put up a wall and everything else is behind it. And it just builds up and it festers, and it festers for years. And, you know, you eventually got to let that out. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that's, that's where breaking yeah. down
1: that stigma helps. I've interviewed hundreds of people, including, you know, Doc, uh, General Petraeus. And um, one of the things that, you know, we miss the most is that camaraderie. You know, we miss that. Now, I used to miss that 3 a.m. 3 sitting on the top of a tank in the middle of the desert, you know, just talking shit to four of us. You know, because, you know, you become brothers, you know, you, you get to know family things. You get to know them personally. And when you get out, you know, like like a friend of ours says, you know, uh, Nick, you know, Nick said Nick Valentine says, you know, when you get out of the military, military don't give a shit about you.
0: You're just a number.
1: And Yep. And once you step off that base, you know, you're nobody anymore. You know, whether if you were Sergeant First Class, whatever, you know, you're private friggin civilian now you know, and, and you lose your mission and you
0: lose your camaraderie. So, They've got your replacement. They, they got your, your replacement's number circled yeah. on a piece of paper before they even painted your la your DD-214. Yeah. You know, you're just a number and it makes sense because the mission's got to go on. We have to protect our interests around the world not do all the things that the military does, all the different types of missions, but that breaks down so fast. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, Point blank to anybody who might be listening to this at any point in time, it's lonely on the other side. You you, you need to find a way immediately to find some sort of connection, whether it's one or two battle buddies or an organization. What you're into is different, you know, whether it's VFW, American Legion, AMBETS, or Local Motorcycle Club, Marine Corps, Little League, whatever. Find something. Point, somebody,
1: even if you're a veteran that wants to join a business, you know, join a veteran tribe You know, you have fifteen thousand strong that are there for you, twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, and it's free.
0: Yeah, free absolutely, free,
1: free, free, free. free.
0: <laughs> it's free, and so is Clubhouse. And yeah. that's another thing I wanted to bring up because because you mentioned it earlier. The Veterans Network that DP started on there, it's it's huge, it's powerful. In the last couple of months, I know you've been in some rooms like this too where somebody comes in there and they're having a problem. I was pinged into one just a couple of nights ago. Uh, I won't say the person's name, but somebody was struggling. Uh, They started a room with a title that they were struggling and somebody else jumped in there and started pinging people in. As soon as I saw the list of people that was in there and the title, I immediately had to jump in. And I was in a great room with a great conversation, but I knew at that moment a battle buddy needed me. And I talked to this person a couple of times. We, I mean, I mean, I know his name, know a little bit of a story, but that's, that's about it. And it was amazing to see that for the next two hours after that, there was at least six people in that room at any given point in time. Nobody left that room until he said, I'm, I'm okay, guys, I need to go to bed. I got to get up for work tomorrow. Morning. You guys have helped. You guys, you know, allowed me to kind of just vent and talk. And it's one of those things. We may have saved life that night just by being there in that room. And that's just. It's an incredible feeling to know, and all I all I did was just jump in and talk, engage in conversation, get the guy's mind off of things, let him kind of calm himself down. What he was going through was a lot, but there's a lot of power there. Those conversations in clubhouse are just, even even the positive ones, entrepreneurship. Yeah, you know, people just building connections, business uh, business deals, all kinds of stuff going on there. It's it's incredible. That's another wonderful place and to get
1: free. And now it's open to Android, so you don't have any
0: excuses. (laughs) You You will waste some time if you're not careful. But it it is a great place to have conversations, though, and meet certain people. And, you know, I find myself jumping in the same rooms as certain people. If I see them in a room, I'm jumping in there, you know, just because you build that connection. And it's not all of them are military either. I mean, some people in there, they're, you know, they're parents were in the military or their military spouse. And, uh, you know, you just, you're always in these rooms and you're talking and you build these connections and it's, it's really cool. You know, yeah. it helps me, you know, and, uh, and I haven't never had a need for, you know, help, like raise the flag. I need some help, but it's, it's a cool way to have a conversation with some people, get your mind off of things, you know, kind of unwind a little bit. Yeah. So it's a wonderful place to connect. So I'm glad you kind of, kind of went there, um, on clubhouse have you seen anything different? What, what what's your take on Clubhouse? I'm very curious.
1: I love it um, because like if I open up a group in vertical or any group that I open up, um, it the groups that I have are, or the rooms that I have, I'm sorry, they're very small by on purpose, but it's very powerful because we'll get into deep talk, we'll get into real talk. So uh, a lot most of the time, if I have a room on Clubhouse. It's about mental health. Um, Sometimes it's about podcasting. You know, sometimes it's how I, you know, I help build a million dollar a year business, but it's mostly about um, anything health, fitness or addiction related issue stuff is when I open it up. So usually my rooms are like 10, 12 people, but it gets really deep. People crying, people getting emotional, but people are getting help. So that's why I do it. Um, and of course, I don't make any money off of it. Some people are are trying to become a, um, what do you call it, influencer? And oh yeah, absolutely. Or or they or they start calling calling themselves influencers, and that's that's just not me, you know. It's like somebody said, I got a message on. He's like, hey, you're such an influencer. I'm like, dude. I'm like, I'm no influencer because when I get off here, I gotta go. Clean up the crap of a fourteen pound dog,
0: so I thought we should do that too, Richard.
1: <laughs> so you know, and you know, you know, we, we're never too cool where the wife is not going to go tell us to take out the garbage. So stay humble and stay teachable. You know what I mean?
0: Absolutely. I, I was, I've been involved in a couple of conversations over the last couple of days with some people about that, about people being fake in there, and and unfortunately that can happen. You have to be really careful. If you stop in some of those. In those rooms, and people are trying to pitch something. It sounds too good to be true, or they sound like an expert. Please vet that stuff before you, you know, start up a business deal with them, or give them some money to fix something, or whatever. You can get taken advantage of real quick. But you know, and
1: that's one thing that I specialize. I do specialize in business. Is to you know, you got to be real. Like if you guys know me, I'm the same goofy guy here that I am at home. Like when I went to the military influencer conference, you know, I told Stephen Coon, I told Lane Ballone, you're all getting hugs. I don't care who you are. And, you know, when you go up to, you know, Stephen Coon, he's like six three, six four, you know, and and I wrap my arms around him. He's like, you were serious about it. I was like, yeah. Because I'm the same guy, you know, on social media that I am at home. And I think a lot of that, that's why I think I, I'm a little bit more relatable than some people is because I'm just the same goofy guy that you're going to see. Um, here or out in public with the family, I don't have to put on any airs. I am who I am. And I think, you know, like Gary V says, you know, the market is the market and you, if you are fake, you are going to get found out.
0: Oh, You're going to be found out easy. <laughs> it's, Oh man. Yeah. There's, there's fake people everywhere. You know, I'm, I'm in the real estate business, as you know, and I, I laugh sometimes at the stuff I see in there, you know, people posing with Ferraris and stuff and, million dollar listings and i'm like really there ain't that many people that are big ballers like that you know i drive a ford fusion i wear i wear button-up shirts that are untuckable i wear blue (laughs) nice blue jeans and some some boots like i don't wear three-piece suits and fancy flashy cars like that's just not me and why the heck would i want to spend money on that but there's so many people out there that just want to like fake it till you make it i hate that
1: nope you gotta be real you know and i think now but now there's also a new groove that are coming out, where everybody's saying I'm authentic, you know I'm being real, and you know that there aren't. <laughs> yeah, you know, you're like, wait a minute, I just think you know I, I, I'm a guy. If you guys know me, I don't drink. You know I've been clean now thirty years. I don't go clubbing or anything like that. But like you see all these guys, some of these people that say, you know, I, I'm a family man. I'm a Christian. And then, when, when I seen him out in Vegas, when they went to the the company party, you know, <laughs> all of a sudden you're popping bottles of Don and you're at a club and you're like, uh, oh, yeah, uh, now we know who the real you is. And oh, I never, yeah. you know, I, I, and I think authenticity is just, it's just being you, you know, like on your podcast, you're you, and, and that's what's going to make you more relatable. And people are going to want to watch you because they don't see that fakeness, they don't see that bravado
0: well I hope so I hope people are watching there's a couple watching now <laughs> you get it's probably my wife and my kids <laughs> but
1: you know what if it's just that one person down the road six months down the road that hears it then that's the what the one that matters
0: oh totally yeah you know, I I thought that from day one because I, I've I've read that a lot of podcasters stop by you know episode seven and this is episode 15. so I've already you know I'm already passed double that but I always told myself two pieces of advice that I picked up somewhere. Your worst episode is already out. So, you know, no matter how bad you screw it up, you know, keep it in the back of your mind not to knock or, or make it sound like, you know, I've had bad guests, but you know, you got to continually improve. Yeah. Like, you just, it, it's constant improvement. You got to go back and reflect on what went good on this episode, what went bad, should I formulate better questions or, or should I have eliminated questions? Whatever. You got to reflect on that stuff. Um,
1: and you know, like like there's 2 million, over 2 million podcasts out there, but only 50% of them are active and only 10% of them go past episode eight. Yeah. So if you figure if you, you're in 15, you're already in like the top
0: 30, 40%. Sure, like, I never thought about it like that. <laughs> see? see, I like that positivity, Richard. <laughs> you just changed my whole day right there. Well, top we just 40%. Hey, I, I'll take top 60%. Like.
1: I just got a uh, notice that we were top five percent in the world. We just hit on uh, on our show. So, if anybody's awesome. ever been on the guest, thank you. It's all about you.
0: But, and I, uh, you know, back to the other point like, you're right, these videos or the audio podcast or things on my website, they'll be out there for a long time forever. And, uh, well, yeah, forever. Uh, less, less technology drastically changes. Who knows what's next beyond video? But, um, it could be six months down the road, it could be six years, it could be 16 or 20 years, and somebody could watch it. I mean, you can go back and watch video, you know, silent films from the 1900s. So, this stuff is out there, and your words today could save 10, 15, 20, 30 lives. It will, you know, who knows? You'll never know. And if but anybody's it's out there, there forever
1: that wants to start a podcast. Do it, do it now. Um, And everybody, you know, a lot of people say, well, I don't have the camera. I don't have this, blah, blah, blah. Um, If you ever watch, there's a video of Gary going to a garage sale and it's captured on his iPhone. It has had over 15 million views. And this is a picture of him at a garage sale. So you don't need all the extra stuff. You don't need all crazy stuff. All you need is your iPhone or Android. So if you're thinking about starting a podcast, the best day to start it was yesterday, but start it today.
0: Absolutely, I. I think my mic is like sixty bucks. I didn't spend anything big. the The webcam is maybe a thirty dollars webcam. Um, you know, I've got the pro version of StreamYard here to be able to do some other fancier stuff. But I'm going to I'm going to quote Lane Ballone from the Vegetarian Tribe when he he always talks about imperfect action. You just got to do something, yeah. And that's kind of like to my point earlier, like the the whole my worst podcast is out there like you just have imperfect action just do it <laughs> and reflect on what you did and figure out a way to improve going forward you know i mean like you know in full transparency before we hop on i had tech issues go figure it happens normally it's audio I got the audio working then the video went down and i had to reboot my whole computer That hence the reason why you know we meet about 10 minutes before but all kinds of crazy things can happen you just have to roll the punches. And reboot the computer, log back in, and here we are. And you know it's just that the imperfect action, just take the step yeah. because it, it's nerve-wracking. Yeah. When I was thinking about doing this and get to the first uh, episode and it's like, gee, what do I do? How do I do this? You know I, I didn't I don't think I really learned anything until episode two or three. You know, if, you're exactly of doing audio,
1: if you're afraid of doing video, you can also go through anchor and do audio only like I do.
0: So- Absolutely.
1: There's no excuses not to
0: do it. <laughs> Anchor is actually what I use, uh, and you know, you hit on some things earlier, like just just doing video. That's why I'm doing these live because with my schedule, it made sense this year to be able to do it. I knew I could do it every other Wednesday. Just do it live. The video's out there. All I got to do is go to YouTube after this, fix the description, and drop the cover image on it, and it's done. Download the audio, do some simple tweaks, like I do, like five or six steps just to clean things up, and I post it to Anchor. And I can be done within a couple of hours after the podcast. It doesn't take a whole lot of effort. Just try and clean it up a little bit and, and get something out there. And I would love to be at some point sometime where you mentioned I and my let earlier, you know, people with some huge podcasts. Like it'd be awesome to have a production team and really cranking out some stuff. But uh, you know, baby steps. Yeah, it's all constant improvement.
1: That's time when things are ready to happen, it'll happen.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. You Just gotta trust. Yep. So Had a couple other questions for you. Okay. Um one of them is about substance abuse. And I know you had a drinking problem. Um, we know our our country has been in the midst of an opioid opioid pandemic here for a little while. Whether or not it's opioids or alcohol or whatever. You know, what advice do you have for somebody who you know who's at that point that they know they need to get clean? I know that's a key, you know, you have to want to, but. How do they push beyond that to actually, you know, try to do some, you know, any, any advice for them?
1: Well, for me, um, I try to be in, as open and honest as you can. I can be uh, those commercials where it says you can go get clean and sober in California at Malibu and you can get massages and look at the ocean. It's bullshit uh, for me. You know, I went to 300 meetings in a, in a row. It cost me 300 bucks to get sober, so get your ass to a meeting. um, Ask for some help because there's people that are there that are in the same boat as you are, and they're willing to help you out. And it doesn't cost you anything. And if you don't have any money, you don't have to give them anything. So just get to an AA meeting, an NA meeting, or you know now um, uh, the VA has an amazing system. To call the VA if you're a veteran, call the VA they can get you into an in-treatment program. And I have about five or six of my friends that I help get into in-treatment programs and they're totally, totally great and they're totally free. So definitely that's something I would try to do.
0: I think the VA, some of the VA's programs are are really underutilized. I don't think a lot of people know enough about what what the VA can offer. So great advice there, Richard. So um, before I get to my final three questions that I ask everybody, I want to ask you a question kind of takes a little bit of reflection. So what was it maybe six months ago you, you did the veteran social summit, you told your story, you, you know, today I decide that that developed into its own mental health summit, which was awesome. By the way, I, I think I tuned in for about 95% of the whole day. And uh, so I'm just kind of curious, what kind of feedback have you gotten from that? When you, when you partnered with, with Ryan and made that happen?
1: I've had so many people that have, I mean, and I've even had family members um, that actually went to the event and they got so much out of Annette's story dealing with sec- military sexual trauma. You know, with um, Tammy, her story, um, Robert, nobody knew of the stuff that Robert Garcia went through until he told his story. So everybody has a story. And I believe that everybody's story should be told. So I've, ha- I've had a couple people that actually messaged me or texted me, and they've actually got help um, or actually checked themselves into rehab to get help. So it's been a life-changing thing, and I'm hoping to make it go uh, maybe state statewide and eventually uh, worldwide, uh, like a monthly thing. Uh, Today, I decide all around the country. And uh, yeah, awesome. everybody that went, none of the speakers got paid. It was all just to help people out. So nobody made any money off of it. And it was done on purpose. We did that on purpose. So we can help other people without having to worry about, oh, he's just getting paid to say this. So everybody that did it, they did it out of their heart. And uh, today I decided, it's. I think it's going to start taking off and, on, uh, on its own to, to be doing some bigger things in the
0: future. Well, I certainly hope so, because I, I got a lot of value out of that as, as I kind of go on my own path of kind of working through things and just to hear other people's stories and just inspires a little bit of hope. You know, other people have been through different things, similar things, whatever, and um, they're all successful. Everybody you mentioned there, uh, I've connected with a handful of them. The other ones I know where I've listened to their shows themselves and 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 some good stories. And that was that was an awesome day. And yeah. I, I was I was really curious what kind of feedback I, I did not expect. I guess in the back of my mind, I didn't expect, you know, that it helped people that much, you know, where they went and checked themselves in or really got the help that they need. Like.
1: And then, you know, a lot, like a lot of questions got answered. Like when John Crotek, you know, when he talking about what he went through and then also talking about some of the medicinal stuff like CBD. So it, it, it had a whole wide variety of different topics. It wasn't just one certain thing. It, it dealt with the mental the physical the spiritual the mind the whole body because usually when there's something wrong with either the mind the body or the soul they're, they're all off so you know we got to try to have balance and you know get everything healthy so that's what i think it was great because you know it was about the mind the body and the spirit
0: well put that 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 is definitely true you got got to work on all of it you can't just attack one just one, because then you're neglecting everything else. So, no. that brings me to my final three questions, and I don't know if you if you know what these are. Uh, these these uh these questions get get pretty interesting. I'm I'm always surprised what my guests come up with. So, the first one: What advice would you have for somebody looking to get out of the military today?
1: First, I would say keep every single piece of paper, every document, three, four, triplets. Make sure that you have everything documented. And if you're 12 months out, I need I want you to start working on an SOP of what you're going to do when you get out. Because, you know, they the military has this, what is it, like a TAPS program, you know. It's not they, a joke, honestly, yes. So, you know, and then you're just out on the street. And for if you're looking to get out, try to think what you want to do when you get out. And then find a mentor that's doing what you want to do before you get out. So you can actually start working on it as you're still in and getting ready to get transition out. Cause that year goes by quick and that money goes by quick. So, you know, make sure you find a mentor and whatever you want to do when you get out. Oh, and by the way, get on LinkedIn. If you're not on LinkedIn, you're losing money. Join LinkedIn. Even if you're still in the military, get on LinkedIn.
0: I think that's the only valuable thing they teach you in TAPS <laughs> is, is to get on LinkedIn. I don't know if they really, I got to reflect back 10 years, but I don't know if it was anything more than just get on LinkedIn. And it's really important. And you got to have a resume like that's really all I took away from the taps or whatever that gets called in the Air Force. But um, that's a good one. An SOP. yeah, You got to have a plan for sure.
1: One thing in the military we all know is what an SOP is. You know, we all know what a nine line is. So why don't we do the same thing with our personal life and our career? You know, because, like, even I'm a big Shark Tank guy, and um, they even say all the time, if you don't have a business plan, you don't have a business. You have a hobby. (laughs) So make sure that whatever you're doing, you have an SOP.
0: Absolutely. So I'm going to flip the script now. Anybody who's young and they're thinking about joining the military, what kind of advice would you have for them before they sign on that dotted line and raise that hand?
1: Definitely do it. Um, I loved it. Um, the first, well, the first time I loved it way too much. Um, but the second time it's how I grew into being a man. It's how I grew into building, learning how to build relationships, how to work as a team, how to be a team leader. Um, and then you learn also about people from all walks of life. Um, and that, in, cause I wrote in my book that, you know, one of the one of the most popular chapters in the book was the day that I got cured of racism in 1986. But, um, you know, once you get joined the military, you travel the world and you get to have more experiences because you can always go back to your hometown. And be the same people. always there. Yeah. The same people that they haven't done anything but work at Walmart. You know, they haven't traveled the world like you have. They don't have experiences like you have. So I would definitely take time to do it. And if you want to go to college, it's a, a definitely great way to uh, get your college in the future.
0: It's a good one. The education benefits are are, are definitely worth it. Uh, it's going to stress the heck out of you, though. Right right. those finishing t- uh, finishing that up myself, that is a, a pain in the butt to be the old guy in class, but it is a great way to get the education paid for. Yeah. And you definitely don't want to go get an education and have to pay for it. So, uh, Final question.
1: That's why I started a podcast. So now I can get an MBA in business for free. Because now I can invite millionaires and billionaires on, ask them what I want to know, and I'm getting an education for free.
0: That's a darn good way of putting it. So the last question I got for you, uh, before I put you in the back room and and play my little outro video, is uh, um, give me an opportunity to... Give a shout out to any kind of veteran organization or organizations that that you think are doing some good things out there that that you'd like to shine a light on. Uh,
1: Well, of course, you know, I've been into Vetrepreneur Tribe almost from the beginning. Um, Me me and Steven, we've had our run ins. Uh, He's But he straightened my ass out a couple of times. Um, So definitely the Vetpreneur Tribe if you're a veteran. But also, I'm also aligned with a friend of mine. His name is Malachi. And he has he has uh, a 5013c so yes it is real it's not bs it's called a warrior's garden and it helps veterans that are struggling with ptsd traumatic brain injury depression it helps them get back into gardening and actually using their hands and getting a little bit of peace back in their life so that those are probably the two biggest things that i'm involved with right now
0: that is an interesting way of doing it heard a heard a lot of ways to try and you know get people's minds off of things and give them some skills and, and, and address some things, but gardening, that, yeah. that's a first. That's awesome. Yeah. so That's really cool. Now they're called a warrior's garden. You know, plus you can plant things and grow it. And then when you, you know, you can, you can taste the rewards of all your hard work and effort. Yeah. You know, so and that's, it's something tangible.
1: And like I said, it's a, it's legit. It's a 501 3C. So it's not one of those fly by night. He's been doing it for many, many years and he's out of Tennessee. So if you guys, Anybody in Tennessee, definitely check them out.
0: Absolutely. You have to give me the information because, uh, you know, I'd love to try to build on my website a lot more resources and, and kind of give some shout outs to nonprofits. But the thing is, there's so many of them out there. And, yeah. and I don't want to just put one on there unless somebody knows somebody connected to that organization or I've talked to them or, you know, somebody's been through it themselves or has some firsthand knowledge. Um, you know, I don't want to, don't want to, point somebody in the direction of something that hasn't been kind of vetted in in some way, shape or form. Well,
1: you know, if people know me, um, if I don't believe in a product, I will not use it. Um, all my sponsors, I have 20 different sponsors for the show. Um, if I, if you, if I don't believe in your product, I will not even put it on the show. I will not promote it because, you know, even when I was in the health and fitness industry, if I didn't use the product or if I didn't try the product, I would not recommend it, because how can I say it's a great product in in my heart if I know it's
0: crap? I can't do it. You must have done a lot of trying different uh, vitamins and minerals and supplements. And <laughs> you, I I, I, I used to like in my house.
1: I have a whole cabinet of just supplements over the last thirty years. And some of them were good, some of them were crap. Um, and but if, if you were a supplement company and you sent me a product to try. And I told, and I tell you it's crap. And a lot of times, like there's a company, I'm not going to mention her name, great company. Um, I just don't want to get sued, but <laughs> that's a good idea. <laughs> the products tasted like crap, but they worked amazing. So when somebody would come in, they'd be like, I want to pick up this product. I'm like, I'm telling you now it tastes like crap, but it works amazingly. And so when, I, when the guy came back, he's like, you know what? Stuff tastes like crap. <laughs> <laughs> but it was amazing. So I always think, you know, you always have to be honest in whatever you do, because if you don't, it'll come back to bite you in the future.
0: Yeah, that guy could easily walk back in and say, hey, Richard, man, you didn't tell me that tastes like dog yeah. crap. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. took a big old scoop of that stuff. and I, you, know.
1: But, you know, if you guys, you know, if you watch that, my video on today, I decide, you know, when I opened up, I said, you know, this video is not for 99% of you. It's just for one person. So, you know, a lot of people were like, "What? Well, what do you mean it's not for me? You know? And a lot more people listened because they knew I wasn't... I told them, you know, even when we did the Veg and Social Summit, I'm not there for your wallet. I'm there for your heart. And I think that's what makes me different.
0: Yeah, no, that's, that's really deep because 99 or so percent of people who watch that, like I loved hearing your story and you know, you feel a connection to that and it's it's just an amazing story and it's inspiring. Um, I mean, there's a lot of emotions that come out, you know, listening to the, your story and other people's stories, but there's that one person out there that has, has it cocked and loaded where they've got the needle in the arm and like it's, it's time to change some shit now, like right now, like it's an emergency, about the egg, my, my earbuds out (laughs) get too animated over here. But, yeah, that, you know, that's that one person that needs to hear right then and there.
1: You know, and that's why I so. came out with that. Today, I decide, you know, because for people that are listening, if you don't know what that means, it means that the three most important words in the English language are today. I decide because once you make a decision, then all you have to do is act upon it because we've all ran over squirrels. Right. We've all ran them over a couple. But the reason why most of them get ran over is because they do did not make that decision to get out of the way. So that's why I say the most important words in English language are today. I decide. So if you're struggling out there and you need help, get help now, do not wait, pick up the phone, get help now.
0: Decide today. And i right there at the bottom of the screen. I've got your website there. Um, you know, reach out to me, Richard, we'll, you know, we'll, we'll get you pointed out, you know, in whatever <laughs> direction we can hook you up with whoever we can and, try to help fix whatever, whatever we can do, what we can. But not miracle workers, but
1: if I don't know, if I can't give you the answer, I have a huge veterans uh, network. Somebody has the answer.
0: <laughs> Absolutely, there will definitely be somebody, especially in the entrepreneur tribe and all those yeah. other organ- groups we're in. So that's a great place to leave it. Um, decide today, you know, really decide today to to better yourself, better your situation, better your family, whatever you know. Decide today, make that decision, make it happen, and like I said earlier, we're laying below imperfect action. Decide and start taking some action because without the action, it's not going to happen. So, yeah. all right, Richard, I'm going to put you in the in the back room here, and uh, I'll catch up with you here in a minute. And that is it, folks. Thanks for tuning into the episode today. We really appreciate you taking a listen or watch. Please remember. We have a website www.battlebuddypodcast.net We're always trying to add more resources there so please go check it out and if you have ideas for extra resources please reach out to us and let us know what you think we can add to the website. Don't forget, you can listen to this podcast in places such as Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and many more. And don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button on any of our social media channels. And finally, If you are feeling like you're at the end of your rope and you need some extra help, please reach out to a battle buddy or you can call the National Suicide Hotline at 800-273-8255. No matter what you do, brothers and sisters, get the help you need because we want you here tomorrow.